0: But not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We're gonna talk waivers today. Uh, a lot of people go through waivers on Tuesdays, a lot of people go on Wednesdays, so I'm gonna try to get this out as early as possible on this Tuesday. Uh hope you guys enjoyed Monday Night Football yesterday. I don't know, it was kind of um it was an interesting game. You know, it, w- it was uh, higher scoring than I thought it would be, but at the same time, wasn't that entertaining? I don't know. Maybe I was just. Uh Waiting for Mariota to start scrambling or, or what, but um, but you know, overall, I'm just glad football's back. I, I I try not to take these games for granted because uh, you know, in the middle of March, I'm like begging for a Monday Night Football game. So uh, I'll take I'll take what they give me. <laughs> um, so there's not there aren't that many must add waiver additions. There are some, um, but you know, I'm gonna split it up a little bit differently. I, d- I always try to th- you know try new things. Um, so I'm gonna split this up into Players you can possibly play this week and hold for the foreseeable future, so that you know, like kind of ideal guys. Um, and then you have uh, poss- guys who are possibly a play only for this week and maybe next week, and then you have guys that are just uh, stash and, and praise, um, you know, guys who you, you're gonna hold on your bench for for long term, you know, hoping that their value goes up uh, as the weeks move on. Um, so going to start with um, the Cowboy situation, Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris. And I've already touched on these guys, uh, you know, a few times over the past couple of weeks. Um, but with Zeke possibly out for six weeks with that suspension, either Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris or both can become very fantasy relevant. Uh, figuring out who that is right now will drive you nuts. So adding both is the preferred option if you have the bench space. My guess has always been Darren McFadden because of his preseason usage and the grooming the team has done for him to be the starter when Zeke was expected to miss that, you know, he was expected to miss those first six weeks of the season. Um, you know, another reason why, you know, even if McFadden, you know, if I'm wrong here, you know, the reason why I like to go and lean on McFadden if both of them are available and I only have one bench spot, um, the other reason I like to go McFadden is because he's more of a three down back Um, And Morris is an early down back. So that alone is worth taking the gamble on McFadden because of the higher upside. If McFadden isn't available, of course, Morris is almost an equally as good of an ad. You know, in case Morris, he might have shown enough while active to be named the starter. McFadden being inactive, you know, like a lot of people are saying that he's been inactive. Why? In my opinion, he doesn't really move the needle either way. Um, there are arguments on both sides, but the bottom line is one of these guys, um, or, or both, but w- I mean, if it's really a one-man show, one of these guys are going to become very valuable if Zeke misses time. Um, Orleans Darkwa is the other guy that you know, I definitely want to add. Um, he looked good in his limited opportunity um, so far this year. Paul Perkins was out, so there was an opportunity for grabs, and Darkwa seems to have taken advantage of it. So far this season, he's run for 5.69 yards per carry. Um, He rushed for 117 yards on 21 carries against Denver on Sunday night, who has literally shut down some very good running backs prior to this week. And we've talked about, you know, if you add up all the stud running backs who played Denver so far this week, uh, you know, Darkwa actually – uh, you know, is uh, has more had more rushing yards Sunday night than all of them did combined. Um, so you know, as we know, the Giants lost all their wide receivers, and Ben McAdoo has actually given up play calling duties, thank God. So there is a chance that the Giants move to a run first team. And that bodes well for Darkware if that happens. So the hope is it, is that this doesn't turn into a timeshare, but for now he's a must add. Rob Kelly, he's forty four percent owned. He's been hurt most of the year, but I think he's still the starter in Washington. It seems like the team doesn't have much faith in Samaji Perine right now. Pirine, Perrine. You know, Chris Thompson started the game. He played on most early downs, and that's a role that Jay Gruden was very reluctant for Thompson to play. Kelly should be back this week and regain his starting role. He should still get 15 to 20 carries a game, plus goal line touches. This offense is starting to click, and Kelly should benefit from it. John Brown's the next guy I want to talk about. He's 44% owned on Yahoo Leagues. By the way, all the ownership percentages I'm talking about is on Yahoo. Um, so as long as John Brown's healthy, he's the number two passing option for Carson Palmer for now. He's had a touchdown in two straight games. He had one in the game before that, except it got called back because of a bad call. He hasn't blown up yet, and Fitzgerald is due for a decline after midseason, you know, like he's been doing the past couple of years. So John Brown you know, has a good opportunity this year for the rest of the year. As long as he stays healthy, I'm hoping that he does. Sterling Shepard, 52% owned right now. He's hurt right now, but he'll be back either this week or next week. And like I said, with the Giants losing all their wide receivers, Shepard is what is the last man standing when it comes to wide receivers. Um, he's already had a rapport with Eli, so he should receive a much larger target share than he's used to. Uh, it's possible he becomes a low-end wide receiver 2 or high-end wide receiver 3 just based on that volume. Nelson Aguilar, you know, speaking of volume, he hasn't quite received the volume that we like to see when we start a wide receiver, but he's been very efficient with his touches. The hope is that he gets increased looks while maintaining some of that efficiency. He's found his home in the slot this year. He has a clear rapport with Carson Wentz. Um so he's he's a guy I'm looking to add this week as well. Robert Woods, 8% owned and rightfully so, but you know, he's quietly become the most consistent receiving option on the Rams. Um, he should see a ton of Justin Bethel this week, and that's good for him, and that's good for anybody who sees Justin Bethel. He just seems to give up big plays all the time. Uh, Robert Woods, he's averaging seven targets over the last four weeks and is averaging almost five catches per week. He went 66 yards or higher three out of the last four weeks, so not not that bad. Um, you know, If he's getting those type of targets and on top of that he's getting you know, a decent yardage out of it, you know, he's a good depth play. Uh, I'm sorry, a good depth add. And he you can start him this week. He's not a bad option, especially against this Arizona defense, especially if you've seen his Justin Bethel. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, 34% owned. Um, he's the favorite to see the most touches on a weekly basis in Philadelphia. Obviously, he's hurt right now. Um, he's a preferred pass-casting option when he becomes healthy. Um, you know, no one's really been paying attention to him because he's been hurt. Um, I think he's a great depth ad at running back. Um, someone you can plug into a starting lineup in PPR and come out with a fine day on most weeks because he should get the volume. Um, not sure if he'll be back this week, but he's still a good ad either way. All right, Mohamed Sanu, 20% owned. He should come back this week to a great matchup against the Patriots. Um, he's been getting a healthy target volume before he got hurt averaging about seven a game He's playable in PPR leagues while he's on the field on a good offense Not the best play, but someone you can play in a pinch if you need to All right, Eric Decker um, He showed some lo- signs of life last night uh, on Monday night uh, He had his best day on the Titans uh, So far catching seven of nine targets for 88 yards um, Mar- marcus Mariota, he was forced to stay within the pocket because of that hamstring injury um but decker you know he was the best at getting open last night and Mariota was able to find him hopefully he gets more looks because of this game because decker he can become a high-end wide receiver three if this continues i'm not necessarily starting him next week but the matchup isn't bad at all so you can definitely do worse um you know than starting decker um i think adding him is more about his long-term potential and i'm hoping that him and Mariota can start clicking Jonathan Stewart, 54% owned. I know a lot of people are dropping Jonathan Stewart right now, and I get it. He's been bad, uh, but he's getting the volume. Uh, you know That type of volume becomes very valuable in the second half of the season when defenses are banged up and running backs are scarce. He's had 12-plus carries in every game except this past Thursday night, and Christian McCaffrey definitely is the better back to own, but in Standard League, Stewart will be very usable in a few weeks. I'm not starting him right now but I'm stashing him for later in the year. If you need to cut him because of some new shiny player, I totally understand that as well. All right, uh, moving on to tight end, Austin Safarian Jenkins, 63% owned. He's the number one option on the Jets and Josh McCown, he has a a huge history of loving tight ends. That was a motorcycle in the background. If you heard that, I'm right next to the window. I think he's been on this list for three straight weeks. Um, He's averaged five targets the first two weeks back from suspension. Then he had eight eight targets and then he had 11 targets this past week he scored a touchdown the past two weeks all, and almost had two last week if it wasn't for that horrible reversal um on that touchdown review um that you know they called it a touchback which was ridiculous but he continues to be well it might not be ridiculous but you know the call in the field was a touchdown i'm a jets fan so uh, i guess i'm a little biased but um he continues to be the number one red zone option so i'm picking him up i'm throwing him in my lineup i'll be fine uh great matchup this week as well against the Dolphins austin hooper 50 percent, 50 percent owned um he's finally being used looks good um this is likely a product of muhammad sunu's injury um because his his all his productions coming after that but sunu he's coming back soon so either hooper will move back into irrelevance or they'll be realizing that he, he's a great receiving tight end and he should be continued to be used um he has upside so i'm keeping him if you need a tight end George Kittle, eight percent owned. Kittle, you know, if you saw that game before, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, he he was a he was part of this article last week, and um, you know, he's been pretty good um, lately, um, especially in crunch time. He he's their new shiny weapon on offense. He saw 91 percent of team snaps this week, um, along with eight targets, and you know, there's a quarterback change in in San Francisco now for the foreseeable future, um, and they're moving to C J. Beathard. And seven of eight of Kittle's targets came from CJ Beathard. So, you know, I'm not worried moving forward. In fact, Kittle might end up being Beathard's uh, safety blanket. Um, Kittle has upside, and since the 49ers will be down in most games, I think he'll usually be in a positive game script. Okay, Nick O'Leary, the Bills tight end. After Charles Clay went down with an injury in week five, O'Leary stepped right into that role and caught five of six targets for 54 yards. He, I might not start him right away, but I would pick him up in case he has a good week and becomes the go to. He will be startable as long as Clay is out. Ben Watson, 16% owned. Jeremy Macklin has been banged up, and Watson has been getting targeted, you know, and th- you know target, targets funneled in his direction. The Ravens' offense has been all over the place, but Watson should be a decent PPR day, uh, play this week, and he, if he continues to get the targets that Flacco likes to give tight ends, he will be somewhat valuable. All right, I'm going to move on to guys who are possibly a play only for this week and maybe next week. Benny Fowler, two percent owned. We also saw that Emmanuel Sanders' injury didn't look good. He's going to be out this week and possibly next. Fowler becomes a guy who should get more targets now. Trevor Simeon should be fine to play this week, and uh, you know we've seen some rapport between him and Fowler. I think he's a plug and play this week if you don't have any other options. Casey Hayward is going to shadow Demarius Thomas, so Benny Fowler is looking like a good play this week. Matt Forte, 22% owned. With Bilal Powell hurt and possibly out this week again, Matt Forte should get most of the touches this week against the Dolphins. Elijah Maguire didn't get that much playing time, so Forte is a decent play if Powell can't go. Forte caught all eight of his targets for 59 yards, so that type of volume in the passing game is very encouraging and gives me confidence to have him in my lineup. Taylor Gabriel, 29% owned I think if Sanu is out again this week I'm firing up Gabriel against this really bad Patriots defense He got the volume last week we were looking for With 8 targets So he should have a better day with that volume in New England Chris Ivory, 4% owned Leonard Fournette went down with what seemed like a bad injury, but it seems like he just sprained his ankle and should be be okay. I'm still picking up Ivory in case he can't go this week. You know, players and coaches seem optimistic in the beginning of the week, but towards the end of the week, you realize, oh, crap, I didn't practice at all this week, and they end up not playing. So I'm still picking up Chris Ivory. Um, You know, not only because of that injury, but he also becomes a good stash and handcuff for Fournette since the Jaguars have become a run first team and they just don't want to put any game in the hands of Blake Bortles. So, you know, if Fournette were to go down, I think Ivory would get a ton of touches. Um, Moving on to long term stashes. Marvin Jones, 55 percent owned. He would have been in the other section, but the Lions have a bye this week. Um, Golden Tate. He injured his shoulder. He has an AC joint sprain. He's going to need a few weeks to recover, one of of those weeks being this bye week. So we'll see how long he's actually out for. But Marvin Jones becomes the clear number one option in the passing game for the Lions. The Lions are on bye this week, like I said. So you might be able to get Jones for free later this week once you know who you're going to start. Uh, Jones had a season high and league high 14 targets this week. And he had 100 yards along with that amazing touchdown grab. If you didn't see it, you should. Um, if the targets go his way, I think Jones has the ability to be a wide receiver too. We saw what he did in the beginning of last season. So I'm um, not saying he's going to replicate that, but you know he could do work with the targets that he gets. Kenny Galladay, 15% owned. I'm not starting Galladay once the Lions come out of their bye, but he should be healthy by then. And he's a stash to see if he gets more looks from Stafford. And if he does, he can be a big-time receiver in a pass-happy offense. Josh Doxson, 6% owned. Doxson's snap totals recently have been very disappointing as he's only played in 19 snaps this past week. Jay Gruden did say he wants to get Doxson more involved, but I have to see it before I believe it. There are a lot of mouths to feed in Washington, but if he becomes close to a number one option, he has great potential. Um, So, you know, he's a stash. You you probably won't play him for a few weeks, but he's a stash that uh, might pay off uh, in the long run. Jordan Matthews, 26% owned. You know Matthews definitely wasn't killing it by any means before he got hurt, but this team doesn't have any weapons. He was the preferred wide receiver in Buffalo uh, before he got hurt, and he can continue to become a go-to option for Tyrod Taylor once he comes back. I'm not starting him anytime soon, but Buffalo has some good matchups uh, for the rest of the year, and Matthews can take advantage of them once he gets targets going his way. He's still hurt and not guaranteed to come back this week, but I think he'll be back soon. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's 14% owned right now. He is now the new number two receiver in Pittsburgh, um, who hasn't really been playing all that well. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown have got their numbers, but as a whole, this offense isn't clicking right now. Martavis Bryant has been a disappointment. He's asked for a trade. You know, I think he's had some tough matchups personally, but uh, Juju, he's going to play some slot. He's going to play some outside now, um, and his role can improve as the weeks go on. So you can start him at PPR this week, but he has a low ceiling right now. I'm not starting him that uh, He even has a low floor, to be honest, but, um, you know, he's getting points every single week. Um, he's more of a wait and see in this potentially explosive offense. I'm not personally starting him right now. Um, Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacey, 23% owned and 28% owned respectively. Everyone, you know, and rightfully so is off of these guys right now, as you can tell by their ownership percentage, but there's still a possibility that one of them, you know, might get the job to themselves. And if that's the case, one of them becomes very valuable and then becomes a number one waiver priority ad the following week. I'm trying to get one of these guys on my roster in case it becomes a one man show on early downs. My bet is... And my guess, to be honest, is Thomas Rawls, because he got the higher snap count in the last game. But Lacey did outtouch him. I mean barely outtouched him. But you know, it's any person's guess, to be honest. I could be totally wrong. But I think Rawls has been a favorite of the coaches, including Pete Carroll, so I'm gonna put my chips in that direction. Uh Deontay Foreman, 15% owned. A lot of people are going to be dropping Foreman this week because of the buy, so this is your chance to scoop him up as a long-term stash. Foreman doesn't hold much standalone value, but if anything were to happen to Lamar Miller, Foreman's going to get all the work and becomes an instant RB1 in that offense. Roger Lewis, 20% owned. By the way, if you didn't know who he is, he is a Giants receiver. (laughs) Uh, He can possibly have some value with all the injuries uh, at wide receiver for the Giants. We did see him catch that touchdown after the wide receivers went down in week five, but we probably won't see him produce until after the bye. I don't think there will be many people stashing him right now, so keep an eye out as the bye comes to an end. You can probably pick him up then. Uh, super deep ad here, Tanner Gentry. He's 0% owned. Um, Gentry, and the reason why he's on this list because, is because him and Mitch Jabisky had a really good rapport in the preseason, which is why the Bears brought him in back on board last week. Not only that, but they threw him in on 95% of plays as a starting wide receiver. He got a target, but the Bears hardly threw the ball in last game. Um, if, if a wide receiver becomes relevant, it can be Gentry just because of the, r- the rapport they had. I'm not starting him, but he's just a prospective add in case any wide receivers become relevant. Okay, so that is all of the waiver wire ads I wanted to talk about. I mostly focus on guys 60%, 50% ownership and lower. Um if you want to hit me up, I'm on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy, on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui, F A R A Z S I D D I Q I, also on Twitter at UpperHandFFB. Uh Go to the website, UpperhandFantasy.com. Uh, check out our, our Alexa app, Upperhand Fantasy, to, you know, you could, if you have an Amazon Echo at home, you can ask it who to start this week and it'll uh, use Fantasy Pros consensus ranks. So, uh, yeah, so that's all I had. If you guys want to hit me up, hit me up on Instagram. That's where you can catch me. Um, Other than that, hope you guys get who you want on your waivers. Holla. And I'm back. (laughs) I'm back already because I wanted to just throw in the QB streamers and defensive streamers, uh, you know, before uh, your waiver kicks off just because um, you guys are probably picking up those guys as well. So uh, let me start with quarterbacks don't have the best options this week, you know. So if you know, if you have Deshaun Watson on by, you know, you're not gonna be happy with the choices. Um, but you know, at least these guys are going against some very beatable secondaries. I'm going with uh choosing between players, uh, you know, almost less than 50% ownership on Yahoo. Uh so Tyrod Taylor versus Tampa Bay, you know, I'm not excited about any of these guys, but I would take my shot with Taylor. Even with no weapons, his rushing floor keeps his floor higher than most. So you know, if he finds a way to get it done, uh, you know he's going to get it done for fantasy purposes. So the Buck secondary is very beatable. I would go Tyrod right out of all these options. Uh, Jared Goff versus Arizona. Arizona has given up a ton of points to QBs, and even if Patrick Peterson takes away Sammy Watkins or plays a side... You know, Jared Goff, he doesn't really depend on one guy anyway. He spreads the ball around, uh, so the advantage Arizona usually has doesn't really apply as much to Goff. Otherwise, this defense is pretty beatable. Uh, CJ Beathard uh, versus Dallas. The 49ers are going to have to throw the ball. Beathard, he seemed capable of moving the ball. Uh, In that game um, last week, so he peppered Garcon and Kittle with targets, and he should be able to continue to do that against Dallas's beatable secondary. Um, He's obviously risky, you know. So, but you know, there's not that many options this week, and I'll I'll roll with him, uh, you know, in a game where I think he'll get volume. Uh, Brent Hundley against New Orleans, the Saints defense, they've gotten a lot better, uh, but there's still a ton of holes in this in it as well. So Hundley, he's been learning the system for three years now uh, in Green Bay backing up Aaron Rodgers, so he should be serviceable in a good system with good weapons against a beatable defense. He did do well in the preseason. Um, he knows the system, so I think he'll be fine, um, and he's going to have to keep up with Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints offense, so I think he's going to get the volume as well. So those are the QBs that um I'm um, you know that I would stream this week. Um, as far as defensive streamers, not that many great choices here either. Um, my favorite out of these choices uh, is Buffalo. They've been pretty solid all year for fantasy purposes, and the matchup doesn't scare me against Tampa Bay at home, especially if Winston is forced to miss the game. Um, so that that would be my first option. Carolina at Chicago would be another one. Tennessee, you know, even you know they have a. Pretty bad secondary, but um, they're going against Cleveland. Not sure if they can get it done, score that many points. Uh, Miami at home against the Jets would be another option as well. So, you know, not the most intriguing options here, you know, but, um, you know, you're going to have to stream if that's what you're doing this week. Uh, You know, that's what you got to do. So these are the choices. But anyway, just wanted to throw that in there before I leave you guys. Have a a great day, and I hope you guys get whoever you want on your waivers.